Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church, Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another, and impacting the world. Well, we are going to pick up where I left off already some weeks ago now in the book of Exodus. And starting today again, it's going to be Exodus chapter 18 and the second half of the chapter from verse 13. So I did uh, handle chapter 18, those first 12 verses, and moving on today then from verse 13. So if you have your Bible, do turn with me and follow uh, as I read the text to you. So the next day Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me and I decide between one person and another. I decide between one person and another and I make them known make and I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father in law said to him, What you're doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. You're not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice, and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from among all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. And if you do this, God will direct you, and you will be able to endure, and all this people also will go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of Israel and made them heads over the people, chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. They judged the people at all times. Any hard case they brought to Moses, but any smaller matter they decided themselves. And then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went away to his own country. Just so far. Let's just pray together. We do pause to ask you this morning, our Father, to continue to minister to us through your word. Uh, thank you for this passage, even be before us this morning, a very practical passage. And may we, Lord, receive this word in application individually, but even together corporately as a church. May your spirit be the one who teaches and guides us. And Lord, do pray that you would meet with each of us as we continue to seek to worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to introduce this message this morning by uh, referring to a particular podcast. Now, I'm worried about some of the older folk not knowing what a podcast is. But uh, you can, on your cell phone, uh, download various podcasts 
and it's it kind of gives you access to uh, sermons and discussions, uh, information that people put out onto the World Wide Web. Well, the particular podcast that I referred to this morning is called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Now, maybe some of you will be familiar with that podcast. It is a story, a very dramatic story told on this podcast about a controversial megachurch, that's a big church in Seattle in the United States of America, and a very, very gifted pastor who was leading that particular congregation. The podcast, in summary, is about fame, it's about faith, and it's about power. And it all converges on this particular gifted pastor by the name of Mark Driscoll. Mark Driscoll was one of the country's first internet celebrity pastor. Now what I mean by that is when we put our uh, sermons up on the web, we might get 100 or 200 views. These celebrity pastors get literally thousands and thousands of people watching their views. Well, Mark Driscoll was one of those uh, first internet celebrity pastors. He built a church of more than 15,000 people. Sadly, as it turns out, the scandals that undermined the church are more like a, a soap opera on television, a compelling a kind of true crime story. Uh, Driscoll's charisma made him the star of the Marzial church. He wasn't accountable to any denominational hierarchy, and he simply could fire anybody at will. In one instance, the church's elders uh, were asked to give their opinion on a particular new governing document that the pastor put out. And a few men on the leadership sent an email to the pastor raising certain concerns. In response, the pastor walked off stage after giving a sermon and he fired all of them the next day. There's a pile of dead bodies behind the Mars Hill bus. By God's grace, it'll be a mountain by the time we've done, Driscoll said. This is what he's saying to his staff. Either get on the bus or you'll get run over by the bus. Those are the options. But the bus ain't going to stop. Sadly, very sadly, tragically, the church collapsed. Hundreds of people were disillusioned and hurt, no longer attending any church anywhere. The church no longer exists. Now, I share that introduction this morning because the repeated lesson that can be learned down through history of the church is that leaders in the local church can make or break a ministry. Turning to this passage in Exodus 18, now remember this is the very early stages of God's what I would call progressive revelation. We're going to read something about the effects of leadership on the leader and also on the community of faith. In this particular instance, the leader is Moses, Moses, and the community of faith, the people of Israel. And so my first point this morning I would like us to look at is consider the risks of faulty leadership. Now, we were thinking Central Baptist Church. I am asking this morning that we as a church be discerning 
that we learn from the lessons that have gone before and we learn from the Bible. Now Moses, Moses is certainly not in any way like Mark Driscoll. I'm, I'm not suggesting that at all. Moses was a godly man. Moses was seeking to serve God. But at the same time, Moses can learn a huge lesson. And we see in this particular passage a huge lesson from Jethro, his father-in-law, regarding his leadership style. So have a look at verse 14. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you're doing? Why do you sit alone? And all the people stand around from morning till evening. The context in Exodus is one of civil government, uh, ruling the community, uh, judicial government, we could say, determining between issues of right and wrong. But we do see in the passage that Moses was concerned of discerning for the people the will of God. He was trying to convey to them, not just his opinion, but that which would be right to do according to the will of God. But the point that we need to learn from this morning is Jethro's advice provides a valuable lesson regarding the necessity of sharing the burden of spiritual leadership. See, Moses has a good intention of meeting the needs of all the people. It's estimated that this community of Israel was about two million people. And, and him thinking that he could do this was actually uh, unthinkable. I, he, he would not be able to resolve the issues and questions. He would not be able to convey to them the will of God that was revealed to him. And so he tells, he tries to explain to his father-in-law what he's doing in verse 16. When they have a dispute, they come to me, I decide between one person and another, and I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Despite the good intention of Moses, Jethro points out in verse 17, what you are doing is not good. We need to think about that. Why? Why is it not good? And so, yes, we can look at this case, and I'm going to do it. We can also see other instances of leadership where there is a problem when leadership is focused around one leader. It's not good. Now, this passage is not unfolding to us what we read later in the book of, uh, or the pastoral epistles like Timothy and Titus about shared eldership leadership. But he does give us some wisdom regarding what I want to call this morning shared leadership. We need to be thinking about how do we share leadership at our church, the Central Baptist Church. There's some pitfalls that I'm going to identify concerning uh, this burden that Moses carried where he was carrying too much of the load, that too much of the load was on one man. We see exposed over here. Well, the first pitfall that I notice is, is that of leader exhaustion. The next day, we read in verse 13, think about that for a minute. Moses, had, not, Jethro had just come from Midian. He'd brought Moses' wife and two children, and they had this uh, reconciliation, or they'd been reunited and having a good chat. 
But Moses does not even take one further day to connect with his family and his father-in-law. The next day serves to show us that this man had a tremendous amount of pressure on him. It was so severe that even their arrival, the arrival of the family, did not allow for him to take a significant break in his daily routine. How did he think he was going to be able to adequately deal with his matters emerging in this community, this huge community? And so, so his father-in-law is right. You, you will wear yourself out, for this thing is too heavy for you. Verse 18. This word, wear out, it's the same word used for the wilting of leaves and flowers. Now, you know, of course, uh, flowers in the garden do in autumn wilt and die. But if you have received any flowers lately and you've bought them at pick and pay or Woolworths, and you take them home and you put them in a vase, it doesn't take long, and those flowers begin to droop. They begin to wilt. They begin to fade. They begin to die. And, and that's the point that Jethro is saying to Moses. This, this work is going to wear you out. It's too heavy for you. Leaders who place too much weight on their own shoulders, and perhaps even who think of their own perception and ability above that which is actually real, are sure to crash. They're going to leave the ministry. They're going to hurt their family. Christian leaders, we need to understand, can often be subject, easily subject, to burnout. Let me give you some statistics. Not only the full-time pastor, but I'm going to use the statistics of full-time pastors. Full-time pastors in the United States... The statistics reveal that 38% of pastors leave the ministry due to burnout. In the United Kingdom, the figure is even higher. 42% of full-time pastors leave the ministry because of burnout. And, 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 and I know in our own context where we have lay leaders, they have a full-time job and they have uh, responsibilities in the church, they too can be subject to wilting and fading. And, and, and this burnout, this, this heavy weight on their shoulders can have spiritual and physical consequences. I've jotted some down over here in terms of physical consequences, excessive stress, Fatigue, insomnia, not being able to sleep at night, anger or irritability, sometimes reverting to alcohol or substance abuse, even heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes. What about spiritually? When, when leaders take on too much, when leaders begin to wilt and, 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 and feel this, this burden, the first thing to go is their own devotional neglect. They stop studying the Bible for their own walk with God. It becomes a tool that we use only in ministry instead of for our own nurture before God. It's so easy for pastors and leaders to join the backslider religious charade, pretending all is well, where meanwhile things are, are dry and, 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 and within the heart there's a hardness and, and there's spiritual apathy and barrenness. There's a controversy going on 
in the Southern Baptist Convention in the United States at the moment, if any of you follow, this is the biggest uh, denomination, uh, Protestant denomination in the world. And the controversy has to do with sexual abuse by leaders in churches. One of the reasons that could take place or does take place is because pastors are no longer walking with God. And it could be, it may well be, as a result of this heavy load. So sexual misconduct, hypocrisy, these are all spiritual issues that can result because of faulty leadership styles, mediocrity, being slothful, being self-serving, and, and perhaps even becoming disillusioned. So leader exhaustion, that's number one. Number two, consider the risks of faulty leadership. This has to do with the congregation. Faulty, at least uh, 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 community, frustration. Why do I say that? Look at the passage. Jethro says to Moses, as he takes his seat to judge the people, he observes in verse 14, all the people stand around from morning till evening. Now, what about you? But I've been down to home affairs quite a few times. I have to hand in documentation when I do marriages to the home affairs officials. Or even at the moment, I'm trying to organize a passport for my daughter. It's not five minutes. It's a long queue. And sometimes I have stood in these queues as you've stood in these queues and, and, and got to a particular time in the day where they say, well, the computers are offline. Go home, come back again tomorrow. And, and how do you feel? I know I feel frustrated and irritated and agitated and angry. And, and so can you imagine these poor people waiting from morning till evening so that they can ask Moses for an opinion or a resolution. I think Jethro is absolutely right. These waiting people are stuck in this log jam. And notice what he says in verse 18, not just Moses, you and the people with you certainly wear yourselves out. In other words, the people too those who are subjected to faulty leadership, also becoming like wilting leaves and flowers. Let's try to bring that into our context. It is accurate to say that local, uh, local church members that are neglected can, can become frustrated due to a lack of necessary shepherding attention and therefore suffer spiritually. And it's something we ought to think about in the church. It, it does happen. It is possible. We always need to be learning and, and growing. And so you, you as an individual member of this church, may suffer spiritually due to faulty leadership. You, you may be unable to cope. Imagine if there's no shepherd looking over your soul, and you're drifting off into some kind of cult could lead to disaster. So neglect is, is a real problem. Left in believing error. Unknowingly living with sin simply because the shepherd does not know his sheep or the shepherd is not taking an interest in, in the unfolding life of the sheep. Or drifting into disillusionment. Nobody coming alongside of you when you need some encouragement. Somebody to pray with you and, and then just spiraling into despair. And so my point is that, that faulty uh, uh, leadership can lead to the sheep 
not being shepherded. And sheep need to be shepherded. Sheep need shepherding. Oh, yes, some of that and much of that can take place corporately like this as we do on a Sunday. But it also needs to take place individually. Where we need to know each other. Where leaders need to know their congregation. The, 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 the people that God has entrusted into their care. As 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2, Peter writes, he says to the elders there, Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Exercising oversight, not under compulsion, compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. And so, folk, this kind of message this morning, it's in your best interests to ensure that Central Baptist Church maintains and refines and even adjusts the leadership model, not just to avoid frustration but for the well-being of your soul. Leads me to my second point. I want to move on now to the implementing of shared leadership. I want to quote a pastor who writes about this problem of being overburdened, speaking on behalf of other elders and pastors. He says, we may feel overwhelmed by the complexity the intensity and sheer volume of human need. Even in a congregation, we're not a very big congregation, but the diversity and volume and intensity of need is there. We discover that we can't keep burying ourselves in all the pain without paying the price. In other words, this guy's speaking about being on that tipping point. What do you do? What is he supposed to do? Well, he gives some options. He says, We have options. We can quit. We can stop caring. That would be a tragedy. Or readjust. He goes on, he says, if we stop trying to help others, we're really being disobedient to the Lord. If we become unfeeling, surely then we are bad examples and again disobedience, I would add. But the point is this. Leaders need to readjust and readjust by making changes that, yes, will ease the burden and also make the ministry more fruitful. Like Moses, who heeded the good counsel of his father in law Jethro, and what did he begin doing? Delegating responsibility, shared leadership. We must recognize, each one of us must recognize our human limitations. And learn to act wisely. Now, Moses could have, as this great servant of God, he could have dug his heels in and said to his father-in-law, what do you know? But he didn't. Listen to verse 24. Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law, and he did all that he said. Implementing shared leadership requires, a sub-point, being willing to listen to good advice. In other words, being teachable. Stubbornness, and I know because I can suffer with this problem, maybe I could call it something else, stubbornness or pig-headedness is ungodly. It's not pleasing to God. When any leader is doggedly set in his ways, unwilling to listen to others, 
It is symptomatic of the domination of the sinful nature and the absence of the fruit of the Spirit. That's actually the reality. When, when we understand who we are in our frailty before God and, and the grace of God given to us and, and the need that we have for the fullness of the Spirit, we are people who recognize we don't know it all. How can we learn? How can we do things better? Well, Jethro had some good suggestions for Moses to restructure and adjust. And uh, he says in verse 19, I obey my voice, I will give you advice. And then he adds something very, very interesting and helpful. He adds the ultimate need that any leader must be aware of. And God be with you. God be with you. You see, being teachable, this is one of the lessons I've learned and I'm reminding you of it this morning, being teachable on the one side and consciously walking in dependence of God go hand in hand. It's when we intentionally live in the presence of God that we can't help seeing that we fail, that we fall short, that we have inadequacies, that we have failings. Lord, teach me, teach me, guide me. Mold me, change me, grow me. The leader who is willing to listen to good advice is the leader who is willing to be accountable to others. There's a second thing that we can learn in implementing shared leadership. Prioritize tasks according to ability. You see, Moses couldn't do everything. Couldn't. He just couldn't do everything. So what does Jethro do? He wisely guides him as to what he ought to do and what he can do in his role as leader. Again, if you have a look at your Bible, verse 19, the second part. So now he speaks about Moses, you. You represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. You shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them known uh, the way in which they should walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men. That's Moses, that's your job, your responsibility. You take that in your hands. But as you read on in the passage, verse 22, them, those ones delegated responsibility. Let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but smaller matters they shall decide. So it will be easier for you and they will bear the burden with you. There were things Moses could do. There were things he had to do. But there were things, there were things that others could do, things that he could delegate, things that the, he could share the responsibility so that the job could get done. And he identifies these as able men. We see the same practice in Acts chapter 6. And I think Mark actually preached last week on Acts chapter 6 and, and, and sharing the, 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 the apostles, sharing the load with others. Uh, we ought to be constantly looking at that as well. In every local church, one or two people cannot do everything. They cannot take on the whole task to be effective. And, and we have a structure here at Central. We have elders, we have deacons, we have ministry leaders, we have members who take responsibilities, who do different things, different levels of responsibilities. We know that. Use those in the areas of giftedness that God has given those who preach and teach, those who disciple, those who are encouragers, those who are ministry leaders, those who are carers, those who are administrators, those who are givers. In fact, as an eldership, we're trying to do better than we have been doing. 
Some months ago, we said to you that we divided the membership up into groups. And I hope by this stage you've all heard from your particular elder or pastor. And if you haven't, tap me on the shoulder, and I'll tap them on the shoulder. All right, so just so that we can minister more effectively and meaningfully, that we can share the load amongst each other, that we can shepherd the flock that God has entrusted to us. There's a third issue in implementing shared leadership. It requires that we delegate responsibility to qualified leaders. It is important in the church, what we see from this passage and, and also from the structure, that there, there are important criteria that must be considered in the suitability of leaders. Ability, and this is the mistake that is sometimes made in the church. We look and we see he has a good business man or a good business woman, so therefore they're going to be effective in the church. They might be, but they may not be, because the qualifications are spiritual. Without sp the spiritual qualifications, it's not just ability on its own. Moreover, he says, yeah, Jethro says to Moses, look for able men from the people, men who fear God. But trustworthy and hate a bribe. So important. Leaders ought to be God-fearing, understanding the reality of the greatness and the majesty of God and their own smallness and their need of grace. Those who can be trusted morally. Today, of course, we have the complete canon of Scripture and we do consider passages regarding the appointment of elders and deacons from Timothy and Titus. And so appointments are not merely part of a democratic process. It's, it's, it's a process whereby people are uh, recognized and affirmed into position because they conform or, or, or uh, uh, yeah, conform to the, the criteria that are given. Well, let me conclude. Why would we bother? Why did I bother taking an entire sermon on what many would consider to be the boring subject of structure and leadership? I hope it hasn't been too boring. All right? But, but why do that? Why do that? Well, a couple of reasons as I close. I have tried to show you today that both leaders and congregation benefit when consideration is given to the proper leadership style. We ought to be thinking about how we do things, why we do things, and are they the right way that we are doing them. There are physical and spiritual benefits aiming at avoiding leaders becoming weary and members becoming frustrated. Jethro's intended outcome in that context, we read in verse 23. If you do this, God will direct you. There's a wonderful phrase. You will be able to endure. I can't tell you, very, I can't tell you the sadness in detail of how few full-time pastors actually finish off in the job. Don't endure. It is possible to endure when we do things God's way. And the people, he says, will go 
to their place in peace instead of frustrated and agitated and conflicted and, and, and complaining. Leader and congregation benefit when leadership styles are done according to God's design. It's a win-win solution. But there's another reason. Why is it that we should take time on the subject? Well, the reason is that the church is not just another organization. If we go back to Exodus, we must remember that Israel was God's covenant people. God had called them together. God, was, God had rescued them from slavery. He was nurturing them. He was teaching them. They were His people. We'll get to that in, in, later in Exodus chapter 20 where he states that explicitly. But the church, if we now move to the New Testament and we understand what is the church? The church is the body of Christ of which he is the head. This is not just the bowling club. This is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that, that as the church, Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her. And so therefore, our treatment of the church must be governed by remembering and treasuring the truth that we are, as the people of God, the object of God's redeeming love. Therefore, how can we take structure and leadership lightly? We want to do it in a way that glorifies God. And so, Lord, I do pray that you would help us in this regard always to be reflecting Never to think that we have arrived in what we do as pastors and elders and deacons and ministry leaders. Help us to be willing to adjust in doing that, Lord, which is right and pleasing, that it would not be said of us that this is not good what you do. And may we as a church, Lord, go forward growing spiritually, being nurtured in our faith, in our walk with you, daily experiencing the fullness and blessing of your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.